Well, hey everybody, welcome to episode 248 of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast. As always, it is brought to our good friends at Coldwell Banker Mid-America. Coldwell Banker is rooted in the legacy of our founder, renowned businessman and philanthropist, Marvin Pomeranz. We continue to tell his story through our love of people, homes, and the communities we serve. Our integrity guides our focus to empower people to make the best real estate decisions possible. We pair local ownership and knowledge with the power of an international brand and the most advanced technology to elevate the customer experience and expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. All right, well, we're going to talk a lot of wrestling tonight. Later on, we'll be talking to a couple of the boys' coaches about the upcoming district and state tournaments for the boys. But right now, leading off is the head coach of the Ankeny Girls Wrestling Program. He guided his team to a 21-2 dual record uh, this season. And last week, his team placed seventh in the state tournament at Coralville with 86 points. He's Dustin Rowland. Coach, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Yeah, as always, Dan, appreciate the uh, time that you give us, and we're excited to be here. Thank you. Well, you bet. we got a lot to talk about. Well, it's been uh, five days since the state tournament ended. You know, Have you had a chance to decompress a little bit? I know those two days were quite the roller coaster for your squad. They were definitely an emotional up and down, um, working on, on getting back to normal, but, you know, still lingering effects. And, uh, you know, life is still busy regardless of what you got going on, so working on it. When your team was hoping to contend for a trophy, and you certainly did, uh, you moved into second place at one point, and in the end, you guys uh, finished just 10 points out of the runner-up spot, which was shared by East Buchanan and Raccoon River Northwest. You know, but you have to be awfully proud of what the girls accomplished. Yeah, we are 100% excited about, you know, step two in our program, which is obviously step, or excuse me, second year. Um, you know, like you said, I sat here a month ago or so and said our goal is to bring home a trophy. That didn't happen, but... You know, goals are set high so that you don't underachieve. And, you know, seventh place is great. It's a top 10 finish. It's uh, the biggest jump of any of those teams in the top 10 from a year ago. So that's definitely something to be proud of. For sure. Well, your team had eight state qualifiers for the second year in a row. And after having just a one-place winner a year ago, uh, you guys came away with three, uh, three-place winners this year. Uh, leading the way was junior Haley McGrew. She took second at 155 pounds. Uh, Haley advanced to the title match uh, with a stunning fall over the top-ranked uh, wrestler, Skyler Slade of Southeast Polk, who was one of the top girls in the nation. You know, I don't know if you can describe what that moment was like uh, for you. I wasn't over there that afternoon, but, you know, that had to be incredible, huh? Yeah, kind of an out-of-body experience in, in some of the pictures that were captured or, you know, something that will be hopefully her, and, and I know I will, cherish the rest of my life. I made a phone call to a buddy and said, you know, we got to finish this thing or it's all... You know, or it doesn't mean as much. And he was like, don't, don't lie to yourself, man. Those, you can't put a price on memories. And, you know, being a girl, the quality of Skylar Slade and the resume, I, I'm not even sure she's ever been scored on offensively in high school. So, you know, regardless of the outcome, like that's something no one will ever be t- able to take away from her. So we're super excited about that. It was a great win. But, you know, all of a sudden, now it's time to get better. Well, yeah, Haley finished with a 33-3 record, and she also avenged a loss to Emily Spurgeon of Pella in the quarterfinals. Uh, Spurgeon had pinned Haley in the final of the Super Regional meet uh, the week before, uh, but Haley got her revenge with a 4-2 decision at State. You know, so after placing second, you know, I'm sure Haley's goal, you know, next year will be to get on top of the awards podium, huh? Absolutely, and I know she's already working toward that, you know. Like, she's, she's reset. I just actually just talked to her a few minutes ago. And we're trying to plan a trip with this young lady sitting across the table with me to take both of them out to Spokane, Washington at the end of April and, you know, throw our, throw our uh, name in the hat for 
the 17 and 19 U or what 20 U World Team trials, and um, you know she's she's reset and ready for that, and so you know like can't live in the past. You got to work work to get better for the future. So that's where she's at. She's in a good place, obviously. Um, you know it's just next best thing, and so we're working toward next year. And well, actually, we're working toward spring and summer in Fargo, and sure, then we'll worry about next year. Well, the lady you're talking about sitting here with us uh, is Hayden Bratlin. You got a third place finish uh, from her at 140. Uh, your other place winner was Nora Bacchus. She got seventh at 110. Uh, now, Hayden is sitting uh, up here with us. I just mentioned that. Uh, but she went to 5-1 and one in the tournament and finished the year at 39-4. and four. After losing in the semifinals, you had to be awful happy the way that she bounced back to win those next two matches. Yeah, I mean, once you lose on that front side in a tournament like that, it's flip a coin and see what, see what wrestler or, you know, mindset comes back. But... You know, Hayden was able to, to flip the switch, regroup, get herself together, and come back and, you know, basically dominate two matches there. Obviously, a third-place match is the same one we saw last year with a different wrestler. And, uh, you know, Hayden's kind of had that young lady's number throughout the year. And so that's a little bit scary, right, when you went up against somebody for a third time. And mm -hmm. Hayden just wrestled really smart and took care of business. And um, that's just kind of her MO. She's got a lot in the... Uh, she got the kitchen sink to be able to throw at people, and she just did her thing. We just kind of had one little six minutes of, you know, maybe a uh, young wrestler in us, and I'm confident that moving forward we'll, we'll be able to piece that together, and you're going to see quite the monster in the next three years in that tournament, so we're super excited about that. We'll talk more about her matches with her here in a few minutes. Uh, Nora now went to five and two in the tournament. She finished the season at thirty-eight and nine. Uh, she dropped a close three-to-one decision to Kirsten Swart of Mount Vernon in the second round, uh, but she then rebounded with three consecutive impressive wins, including a fall in the blood round. And she eventually posted an eight-to-one decision over Ye uh, Abby Yeager of Eddyville, Blakesburg, Fremont in the seventh place uh, match. That's kind of a, a mouthful there, that name of that town. <laughs> uh, but she just showed a lot of, uh, you know, poise to come back, you know, the way she did. And, and also throughout the season, didn't she? I mean, I've said it every time we've talked. Like, she's she's had some health issues throughout the year. Things have been dealing with worrying about weight, trying to figure out the right weight for her, trying to just buy into the system and believe in, in what our coaching staff had, had a plan for her. And at the end of the day, she, she bought in 100%. And every time we went on the mat, you know, there was a little bit of time there when she dropped down to 110. She was dealing with sickness. She was dealing with, you know, kind of stomach issues she's been, been going through and continues to go through. And, um, you know, she just does her thing. She stays in really good position. She's really tough. She keeps even keel. She doesn't get too high. She doesn't get too low. And, like, honestly, I think the thing is that she just trusts what we kind of believe is the right thing for her. And, um, you know, it kind of showed this week, and seventh place finish was great. I think she received like 11th or 12th. Right. Um, and honestly, I mean, any given day she can finish in that tournament this weekend, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, wherever she was at. And so we're obviously very proud of her. She's got two more years and only getting better. And, you know, she's quite the all around athlete. That's kind of her thing. So um, we're just excited to have her part of our program and, and very excited about her future with us. So. Well, I want to ask you specifically about to all of your state qualifiers where we'd be here for quite a while. But I do want to mention uh, senior Dana Cleveland. Uh, she's been such a rock for your program. She finished with a 40-3 record at 145 after losing a tough match in the blood round. I know that was a, a devastating loss for her to not be a place winner after she took a fourth at 135 a year ago. But I know you were really happy with, with the leadership that she showed throughout the tournament, even after she lost, right? Um, we love Dana Cleveland. And uh, 
she will forever be a huge part of the success of wherever this program goes together, splits, whatever, like, starts and ends when you talk about the history of our program with Dana Cleveland. You mentioned the program maybe splitting. Is that something you guys have talked about? I mean, eventually, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, like, honestly, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, our success, Raccoon River's success, obviously. And, you know, there's been rumors that who knows what's going to happen, but we can't control that. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do is continue to build the program that we have right now until they tell us or we decide as a program that, hey, we're ready to split off into two schools. I know when I first got the job, we talked about, you know, like, we don't know when that'll be. We'll see what happens again. Say, if you had talked to me a year and a half ago, we were sitting here hoping we had 10 girls out. Mm -hmm. And last year we finished with, I believe it was 27. And this year we're finishing with 41. Um, you know, that number just looks to continue to grow as we had almost 20 freshmen and 28th graders coming back, plus all the sophomores, juniors, you know, that will be returning. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and then our co-ops with Bondurant and North Polk. I mean, North Polk's looking to, you know, kind of do their own thing, and rightfully so. I mean, I think they had, you know, 11, 12 girls wrestling in middle school this year, plus we had the five on our team. So, you know, one more year with them. Thank God that we get to keep Elise and Emma and, you know, some of those younger girls, unfortunately, might, you know, I, I say unfortunately for us, but if we're about growing wrestling, like, it, it's fortunate for them mm -hmm. and for us because... We want to build all the programs, and that will be a program that, you know, probably the year after next is ready to spread their wings and fly. And so we're super excited about that. You know, we have some ideas, you know, about some youth programs moving forward. And, and you know, one thing, there's a, a lot of, you know, haters going to hate. And, you know, when you have success, there's just been a lot of complaints about the co-ops with the bigger schools, and that's fine. Um, but it really opened my eyes to be like, you know, we have to be, you know, like, we have to have a plan here to figure out how to grow all four of those programs that are sure. included in our co-op right now. And um, so, you know, we're, like I said, we have, we are, the wheel's been spinning with some youth programs and, you know, a program that we have in mind for next year. And so we, uh, you know, the goal is five years. That was kind of our plan to begin with and then reevaluate. But, you know, where we're at numbers-wise, I mean, five years looks like a pretty good number where, you know, we have Ankeny Hawks team and a Centennial team, and then those two co-ops will split off on their own, and we would just be all individual programs. But that can't happen without us having that goal and mindset in in mind, I guess. And so, you know, that's kind of where my paradigm in my mind has shifted to, okay, what do we have to do to prepare these four programs to be successful when the time comes to split. Because it's not like if the time comes to split, eventually it will come. I mean, sure. You know, bowling and swimming, Frankie, still working together, but the numbers in, in girls wrestling in Iowa, obviously being a, a wrestling state, are exploding, and eventually it's going to come inevitable that, you know, we have to have those programs. And as the head coach right now, it's my responsibility to set those programs up in a place to be successful when you know hitting the ground running you know so sure well i know lauren watson is from bond around one of my buddies coaches over bond around he told me that maybe they were going to have their own program next year is that for sure or um and, and, I, and he, I, may, he, may, he may be wrong i'm not prepared to answer that <laughs> but what i can tell you 
Um, last I heard, and I need to have some conversations with them, um, my understanding is that they're going to look to hire a coach that's going to support us for a year or two, and uh-huh. then they would build off of that. But sure. I mean, we only had two girls in the program from Bondurant, so, and then I think they had like two or three middle school wrestlers. I could be a, a couple off on that, give or take yeah. a couple. More so take, I guess. Yeah. They probably had five, I don't know, but I don't know that they would have the, you know, access to be able to host their own program with, with five or six. Oh, girls, sure. You know, right now. So we, we have a couple more years and Lauren Watson's just a little rock star for us and we love that young lady and she just brings a ball of excitement and joy to us and we would hate to lose her next year but again like I said I mean if they were able to sustain, sustain something that's the goal right is to build girls wrestling it's not to build you know our program sure unfortunately but you know well you guys will return we'll work together we'll work together sure well you guys will return uh, several state qualifiers then uh, regardless uh, but yet you gotta be excited about you know the future for next year uh, we're super excited like you know we obviously have a very good second group of girls I mean just looking at you know we went to Pleasantville that last week of the season and we had one girl Leah Shade who will fit pretty nicely probably into our lineup next year to take over for Dana um, who finished with like a 30 and 6 or 30 and 7 record and um, was beating a girl from uh Cardinal, Iowa, who finished fifth in that tournament, ended up pitting her, hmm. you know, a week before the regionals, a week and a half before the state tournament, and, you know, so just looking at some results from where our JV girls finished, you know, we sent our JV team to Colfax Bingo that, that last Saturday before regionals, and I think there's 21 teams there, and they finished in second place behind Raccoon River's varsity team, like, almost 30 points ahead of the next varsity team, that's 21 other varsity programs there and are primarily, I mean, I think we sent three girls that wrestled at regionals um, with that group, but, you know, we, uh, we're very excited about the future. And like I said, we had, uh, we expected potentially having 10 to 12 girls coming out of that regional, so chalked it up to bad coaching, I guess, but, you know, we uh, are very excited about what the future holds for the Yankee Girls Wrestling Program. Well, yeah, you, you guys the, have, the immediate future. You guys had a great year. You got a lot to be proud of. Uh, Coach, thanks a lot for coming tonight. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Dan. You bet. All right, my next guest was a freshman on the Ankeny girls team, and she posted a 39-4 record and placed third in the state tournament, 140 pounds. She's Hayden Bratlin. Hayden, thanks for making your de- uh, debut on the podcast. Appreciate you being here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Well, congratulations on an outstanding season. You know, have, have, have you had a chance to rest or relax for a few days now, or are you getting right back to work to get ready for next year? Uh, yeah, I've actually had a few days to rest so far. I didn't even have to ask my dad to, like, <laughs> take a big break from practice because he knew that I needed at least, like, a week away from wrestling. Oh, I can imagine. Well, you were seated uh, sixth going into the state tournament. You told me after you won your first two matches on Thursday that you were just hoping to get to the semifinals, which you eventually were able to do. So, so were you happy with a third-place finish, especially as a freshman? I mean, yeah, I was hoping to at least make it on the podium, and I achieved my goal, so that's all I'm proud of. On the semifinals, uh, you did lose to the number two seed, uh, Shaylee Sutherland of Spencer, and you told me you were devastated uh, by that loss because you, you'd wrestled her before and beaten her, is that right? Yeah, I did at the Ogden tournament, I believe. All right. Uh, you then rebounded with a fall over uh, Diana Gay of the Des Moines Public Schools in a consolation semifinal. 
uh, followed by a five to nothing decision over Cadence Bashong of Nevada in the third place match. And, and like Coach mentioned, you've, you've wrestled her before. So it certainly had to feel good to close out the tournament with two straight wins, huh? Mm -hmm, it does. Well, what did you think of your team's performance? You know, do you feel like a seventh place finish was a pretty good showing for this team? Yeah, especially since last year I heard we had a little bit of a rough time and we placed lower than we did this year and seeing that we're on that top ten and that like we finished with at least three girls on the podium, I felt really good and that like our team was very happy in the end. Well, do you compete in any other sports or are you just a full-time wrestler? Just a full-time wrestler. It takes up a lot of my time. Oh, I'll bet. Well, when did you first get involved with the sport and how did you get involved with it? Uh, well, I first started when I was pretty young. I think at like the end of fourth grade, maybe. And I would see like my brother wrestling, and I just thought that I could do better than him. <laughs> Made well, me jealous that he was on the mat. Well, what do you like about it? Just like going out there and just kind of pounding on other girls? <laughs> oh, well, I don't like pounding on them, but I do like like the what's it called? Just the moral of the sport and being like. Not nice, but being able to shake someone's hand and get my hand raised is just, it, it has a really good feeling that you put all this work into something and then you get something out of it. We certainly got your hand raised a lot of times this year. Uh, we're looking ahead to, to next year. You know, where do you feel like you need to make the most improvement to become the best wrestler you can be? Probably just to get out of my head and realize that this is wrestling and it's not all just about trying to like muscle the girls out and I need to focus on me. Well, as a freshman this year, you probably weren't expected to be one of the leaders of the team. You know, although your performance on the mat maybe put you in a position where you could be a leader. Going into next year, do you think you'll be more of a take on more of a leadership role? Yeah, I feel like uh, this year, uh, I really I could have been better, I guess. And next year, I'm gonna try and be more of a leader to because there's gonna be like freshmen coming in and just to be smarter than everyone. Well, coach talked about you know Dana Cleveland's leadership uh, this year, and of course she's going on to wrestle at uh, Wartburg next year. Did, did you learn a lot from you know watching her compete this year? Yeah, I did. Dana's a great leader. She's so she's very smart, and she just knows a lot about being on a team and being a leader. And I feel like she put me in my place a lot of the time, which is good because I needed to learn what what my place was on the team and what I needed to do to advance in the program. Now, because you and Dana were about the same way, did you guys, you know, go at it and, and practice quite a bit? Uh, sometimes. Usually I would partner with Haley and she'd partner with Elise because uh, she said that I wasn't really focused in practice. Uh-huh. Well, was that one of your goals too, like, like Dana, to go on to wrestle in college? Yeah, maybe. It depends where everything takes me. We got a lot of time to figure that out. Well, hey, Hayden, thanks a lot for coming in. I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, enjoy the rest of uh, the school year and, and the summer. Okay, thank you. You bet. All right, you're listening to the Yankee Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. MJ Properties is also a sponsor of the podcast, and MJ is also the title sponsor of the Yankee Fanatic website. And we appreciate the support from MJ Properties, which also uh, provides us with a nice uh, office over here at the uh, Standard Building on Northeast 36th, where we record our podcast. Uh, we've been here since uh, August of last year and uh, certainly enjoy uh, the hospitality over here. And before we move on to the uh, boys wrestling portion of the podcast, I just wanted to mention that the uh, girls basketball regional pairings came out today. Haven't had a chance to post anything on the website, but we'll do that uh, later tonight. Uh, Ankeny Centennial is the number one seed in their region, and the Jaguars, if they get to a regional final, uh, could face uh, Sioux City East on their home court. Uh, Ankeny is eighth in the latest rankings that came out today, uh, but the Hawkeyes were placed in the same region uh, with Valley, which is ranked ninth. 
And those teams will play on Friday at Valley in the regular season finale. And that sets up kind of an interesting situation uh, where the two teams could meet again uh, in the regional final in about uh, 10 days. And uh, another set of rankings will come out next week. So it's possible if Valley wins that game on Friday, uh, that Valley could leapfrog uh, Ankeny in the final rankings. And that would allow the Tigers to host uh, the regional final uh, coming up, like I said, in about a week and a half after uh, this game on Friday. So uh, that, that's kind of an interesting situation. Uh, certainly puts a lot of uh, importance on this game on a Friday night. And both myself and uh, Drew Wolf will be out there uh, for that game. So you can check back uh, this weekend for all of our basketball coverage. And we'll be back here in just a minute uh, with the uh, boys wrestling portion of the podcast. All right, my next guest is an assistant coach for the Yankee Boys Wrestling Team, and he helped guide the Hawks to a 9-10 dual meet record this season. He has been on the podcast in place of head coach uh, Jack Wignall before, and he is gracious enough to do it again tonight. He is Austin Anderson. Coach, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. Well, before we look ahead, I just wanted to recap a couple of things with you. I know you guys have had to deal with some injuries this season. You've had a few wrestlers in and out of the lineup at times. You know, that's made things a little challenging, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, we've got a fairly young team this year in comparison to years past. And obviously, with having a couple guys in and out of the lineup throughout the year, we've had to uh, kind of adapt and overcome. And I'm uh, fortunate that we're going to have probably the best lineup that we've had all year ready for the district tournament when it matters most. Last Tuesday, your team traveled to Indianola for the regional duels, and after posting the 51-27 to win over Valley in the opening round, uh, you guys dropped a 45-15 to decision in the final to number two Indianola, uh, which went on to place fourth in the state duels. You know, I know your team was hoping to reach the state duels for the third straight year, but you know that was just a tough matchup for you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, um, obviously that's the goal team-wise every year is to make it to state duels, and we knew that when we drew in, you know, it was going to be tough as we have uh, had already seen them earlier in the year at the Battle of Waterloo. And, you know, it was just really balanced um, from top to bottom in their lineup. They uh, they don't really have a, a weight class where they um, are, are bad at. And uh, we, we ran into some some tough matchups in that in that duel. And, um, yeah, they got the best of us that night. Now, in the past, the state duels were held uh, the week uh, after the traditional state tournament, and then briefly they were moved to the day before the state tournament. You know, and neither of those times appeared to be the ideal solution. So, so do you feel like having the state duels, you know, now the week before district, do you feel like that's the best solution? Yeah, I think uh, I think I like it, and I think most coaches would probably agree. Um, you know, having it the day before the traditional state tournament poses a lot of problems for, you know, having to make weight a day before the individual state tournament, possibly getting an injury before the state tournament and then having it after the state tournament. I mean, kids don't want to make weight after the state tournament and uh, they just kind of want to be done and check out. So I think uh, I think this is probably the best solution um, to make all parties happy. Why don't you guys ran into a situation there where you faced uh, Valley in the opening round there at the regional duels where they didn't throw their best guys out on the meet for whatever reason. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if there is a, an ideal solution to have it when everybody w- would put their best guys out there. Yeah, and, you know, um, when it comes comes towards matchups as well, too, you're looking at districts and, you know, possibly state seating as well. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. There's probably not an ideal uh, solution, but I think this is probably where we're going to where we're going to see it stay for the future. Sure. Well, let's look ahead now. You guys will compete in the district meet on Saturday in Norwalk. Uh, Norwalk. Were you happy with your district draw? Do you feel like, you know, this gives you a chance to qualify a lot of guys for state? Yeah, I think it's a really good opportunity um, for our, our entire team. Um, you know, we, we've been preaching with our guys that with the strength of schedule that we wrestle all year, uh, we try and make it so that our district is one of, if not the easiest tournament that we wrestle in all year. And, 
you know, um, I like to look at us as probably the, the top team in that district. I know we, we dueled uh, Johnson the very first dual meet of the year, and it came down to the last match, but I think our team has grown exponentially uh, since then. And so, you know, our goal is to send, obviously, every single guy to the state tournament and uh, hopefully come out as district champs at that tournament as well. It's the top three guys in each way, right? They're, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, which, which is really nice, um, you know, that, that obviously that third spot – uh, can hopefully get a lot of extra guys on our team into the state tournament. Yeah, that can make a big difference. Well, the other teams in your district are ADM, uh, Des Moines East, Des Moines Lincoln, Des Moines North Hoover, uh, Council Bluff Lewis Central, and Norwalk. And Norwalk has a pretty strong two, uh, team as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah they, uh, they've, uh, they've, been, they've had a pretty solid team here for the last couple of years. So, yeah, I look, I look for it to be uh, between us, Johnson, and Norwalk when, when the uh, tournament's done on Saturday. Well, your team currently has uh, four individuals in the rankings. Uh, ben Walsh is sixth at 106. Isaac Wignall is seventh at 113. Uh, Truman Folkers is fifth at 126. And Ben Hansen is fourth at 144. And I'm sure you're hoping, you know, to get more than four guys to state, like you mentioned. But, you know, certainly have to feel good about the, the chances for those four guys. Yeah, those four guys have, have really uh, turned it on here in the last couple of weeks as well. So um, I look for them to just continue to, to take care of business as usual. Well, I haven't had a chance to break down uh, all of the teams in your district, but I know Ben Walsh could eventually see a kid from Council Bluffs, uh, Lewis Central, Weston Porter, uh, who was one of the top guys at that weight. Uh, Wignall has defending state uh, runner-up Tyler Harper of uh, Norwalk in his bracket, and I'm sure Harper will be looking to win a district title in front of his home crowd. And Hanson, who is looking to become a four-time uh, state qualifier, has Parker Casey of Johnston at his weight, you know, who's another ranked opponent. You know, so those guys are going to have to be some, you know, some good wrestlers in order to win a title, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's going to be at least uh, one or two really good kids um, in every weight class this weekend, and as it should be. I, but I think uh, from top to bottom, um, our district, is it, it suits us pretty well to qualify a lot of kids. Well, you don't know how many qualifiers you know your team will have, so it might be kind of hard to ask you know what the team's goal will be for state. But as far as the team race uh, goes next week, you know, do you think Southeast Polk will be the team to beat? You know, and, and do you think they can add that traditional crown to, to the dual meet title that they won? Yeah, I think um, I think they're probably the team that everybody's looking to catch right now, and uh, you know they just won the uh, dual team state tournament. So uh, obviously, if I was in their shoes, I'd be shooting to shooting to get the the second uh, title as well. Well, it should be a fun couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Coach, thanks for coming tonight, and good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, Dan. You bet. All right, well, my final guest tonight is the head coach of the fourth-ranked Ankeny Centennial Boys Wrestling Team. He guided the Jaguars to a 21-2 dual meet record this season and a fifth-place finish in the Class 3 state duels on Saturday at Coralville. He's Jay Groff. Coach, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. Well, before we look ahead, I just wanted to recap a couple of things with you. Uh, your team is coming off the strong performance at the state duels, and you guys finished with the best dual meet record in school history. I know you guys have a lot more that you want to accomplish, but you have to feel really good about, you know, what your team has already done and, and where you guys are at right now. Oh, definitely. The guys have been wrestling really well. They've, they uh, have been rallying with each other, um, really got a good culture going on right now, and uh, really pleased with, you know, how they perform. We, we've had to come from behind a number of times in dual meets, and... They never, you know, the morale doesn't get down. They never uh, start thinking, oh, we're not going to win this one. <laughs> Coaches might think it once in a while, like, how are we going to do it this time? But these guys just keep battling and keep wrestling and uh, having a lot of success and a lot of fun. Well, after placing eighth in the state duels a year ago, uh, your team dropped a 40-33 to decision to Fort Dodge in the opening round at this year's tournament. You know, it would have been easy for your team to, to mail it in the rest of the way, but you guys responded with wins over Waverly, Shell Rock, and Waukee Northwest to earn the fifth-place finish. 
obviously your, your guys didn't want to go on three again, did they? No, no, they did not. And uh, either did the coaching staff because we did, we did talk a little bit about, you know, like what are we going to do now? Is this, you know, how important is this? And uh, all my coaches were like, hey, we didn't come here to lose. And, and uh, the guys were the same. They're like, yeah, let's go out and get this done. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the win against Northwest was nice. I know we beat them. Uh, they didn't have Colfax Christensen in the lineup the last time. And, and uh, Coach Volmecki was like, ah, you know, that, that changed the outcome of, of the meet if we had Colfax. And I'm like, well, we'll see. And, and uh, we, we managed to beat them again with Colfax. So uh, that, that, was, uh, that was good. That was a real good finish for us. Now, in the past, the state duels were held uh, the week uh, after the traditional uh, tournament, uh, and then briefly they were moved to the day before the state tournament. You know, and neither of those times appeared to be the ideal solution. So do you feel like having the state duels now the week before districts is the best time to have it? I think it's the best time out of the three, yeah. And, you know, I know coaches across the state, we talked a little bit about, you know, we should have it in the beginning of January or something along those lines. And, I, I mean, I think that this is probably the best case scenario for having the state duels. It's, it, uh, it just allows us to then have a good week of practice, you know, getting ready for districts. And, and uh, I, I think you get more of your better kids from every team to compete in state duels when it's not the day before the traditional state mm -hmm. tournament. And, and I've, I've been to the state duels too with teams, you know, after a week after traditional state, and there's a lot of kids that have, have lost interest and ready to move on. It's a long, grueling season, so that that wasn't the best option either. So I think I think this is the best spot for it right now. Well, I know there were some teams like Valley didn't throw their best kids out there against Ankeny, and you have that situation where you know you don't want this kid to wrestle this kid because of seating purposes. I mean, is there any way to avoid that? Mm, boy, uh, you'd almost have to move it to earlier in the season. Yeah, wouldn't? you'd really you'd really have to have it in like the beginning of January, uh, and even then, uh, I still think some. Coaches would look long term and say, you know, um, if you know, I put ourselves in that position right now. Let's say if if uh, we would have wrestled Waverly Shellrock and wrestled Baz Diaz at one fifty and beat him in the state duels, if they're in the beginning of January, I'm not sure we would have wrestled them in the finals of the Ed Winger. You know, just just there there is. For us, it hasn't happened very many times. As a matter of fact, I think that was the one and only time I've done that with our lineup is help somebody out to preserve a seat at the state tournament. But um, it didn't happen. So I, I don't think there's a perfect situation. So I think this is good as it gets right now. Well, let's look ahead now. You guys will compete in the district meet on Saturday at Sea Rapids Prairie. You know, were you happy with your district draw? And, and do you feel like it gives you guys a chance to qualify a lot of wrestlers for state? I do. I'm happy with it. I think, uh, you know, there's some, some really good wrestlers with this district and uh, some good teams. But uh, I think we go in there healthy and, and hungry and ready to go. I, I think we'll, uh, we'll get a lot of kids through the state tournament. Well, your district also includes uh, Cedar Rapids Jefferson, Cedar Rapids Kennedy, Cedar Rapids Washington, Iowa City Liberty, Iowa City West, Newton, and Cedar Rapids Prairie. And I don't know if this is the farthest you guys have ever had to travel for a district meet, you know, but how did you get placed there? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, actually, I think the state is doing a better job of kind of looking at the big picture and trying to, to separate, you know, the top couple of teams so there's not, you know, four top five teams wrestling in the same district or, you know, something similar to that. So I think they're doing a better job of, of spreading it out. Though, you know, if I looked at it from Cedar Rapids' perspective, I mean, those teams are all in the same conference. I mean, Iowa City West, Iowa City Liberty, all the Cedar Rapids schools plus Cedar Rapids Prairie, they just 
were in a tournament with each other, you know, a week or two ago at the, at the Mississippi Valley. Mm. So, um, yeah, they're kind of wondering why we're all in the same district. Well, I would think that your team would be the favorite uh, to win it, and I'm sure every team has at least a few good individuals, but, but who do you think are the teams that can maybe challenge you guys for the overall crown? Uh, I mean, Cedar Rapids Prairie is always, they're a perennial, you know, power as far as wrestling goes. They, they've got a great tradition. they got great coaching staff. Um, so I, I definitely think Cedar Rapids Prairie is probably training every day, thinking you know, we're going to go get our guys out there and, and uh, try to beat Centennial and anybody else. And Iowa City West always, you know, has a tradition of uh, some great wrestlers and some great teams. Um, and, and, you know, they're all, Kennedy's much approved. And they're all going to be out there uh, trying to, to uh, win the title and get, you know, all their kids qualified. But I think, I think if we wrestle like we're capable of, then we should, we should uh, do really, really well. Well, your team currently has nine individuals in the rankings. Uh, Kel Vandermark is fourth at 113. Uh, his brother Cody is also fourth at 120. Ethan Sodergren at 126. And Tyler Brennan at 138 are both 12. Uh, Max DeBold is second at 144. Lucas Brule is first at 150. His brother Isaac is fifth at 157. Uh, Arielts is sixth at one sixty-five, and Mitchell Greiter's eighth at two fifteen. You know that's a pretty impressive list. Do you think you've ever had as many as nine guys in the rankings before? Uh, nine, nine's a lot. Nine out of fourteen. Um, I don't know if we've ever had all, this many ranked. I mean, Andrew Rowland was ranked at the beginning of the season. Uh, he's not currently ranked, but he's definitely talented enough to be ranked. He's got a couple wins under his belt at the state tournament already. Uh, we got we got some some good kids and they're all they're all scrapping. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've ever had nine ranked all at once. That's a it's a good number, but you know we're still you know I'm always shooting for fourteen. So, well, yeah, you certainly have to feel good about you know the chances for all those guys to make it to state. But like, like you said, your ultimate goal is to get uh, fourteen of your guys to state. I mean, that's what you shoot for every year, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what they hired us for. They wanted to hire us to to get some of them to state, and they want to get all of them to state, and the kids all want to get there. So. Yeah, yeah, that's it. always the goal, to get them all there. Well, I haven't had a chance to break down all of the teams in your district, but I know uh, Kel Vandermark could see Alexander Pierce of Iowa City West at some point, uh, and he was number one in the last rankings that I saw. Uh, Kel's brother, Cody, has Matthew Tran of Iowa City West in his bracket. You know, so both of those guys will likely have to beat a really good uh, kid to win a title, won't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're, I mean, every weight class, you know, as uh, our coaching staff has spent a lot of their uh, – time you know outside of practice uh, going through common opponents and records and state qualifiers and state place winners and you know who you know who beat who and who won head to head um, and every weight class has got talented individuals in it and uh, you know uh, it's it's just it's going to be a battle like it always is and uh, it'll be fun. And then another big potential matchup could be at the 150, where Lucas Brule could see Iowa City West uh, Justin Avila. Uh, now that would be a rematch of last year's quarterfinals at State, where Lucas posted a seven to four decision. So I'm sure that's a matchup that people are looking forward to. Oh yeah, definitely. We Lucas and, and I talked about that match today and um, what we need to do and uh, how to wrestle. You know, Lucas is wrestling really, really well, um, as well as I've ever seen him, and he's he's always been really good. And he's right now he's very very dialed in, very focused, uh, you know, and uh, look, he looks forward to every challenge. He was he was pretty upset with me, actually, when I told him I wasn't going to put him out there against Baz uh, at State Duels. He was like, I, I want to I go again. I want to get a feel for it. So he's uh, he's not shying away from any competition. 
when I don't know how many qualifiers, you know, your team will have yet. So it might be kind of hard to ask you, you know, what the team's goal will be for state. But as far as the team race goes, you know, do you think Savvy Spoke will be the team to beat after what they did last weekend? Well, definitely they're the team to beat. Uh, but I mean, that's why we that's why we go out there and do it. I, I, I'm sure they're the heavy favorite. I mean, they they dominated the state duels. I don't think they had a close duel really, and even in the finals, they beat Bettendorf by quite a ways. Um, but you know, like you said, we're ranked fourth right now in the state tournament is super unpredictable as far as you know who's going to perform who's going to stay healthy uh you know what upsets are going to happen and so we're we're going to the state tournament fully intending to bring home another uh top three trophy from that tournament so i think we got shot i mean with nine kids ranked in the top 12 yeah i think we definitely have to be you know in the mix well it should be a fun couple of weeks i'm looking forward to it good luck the rest of the way coach and thanks for coming tonight thanks appreciate it dan have a great night you bet all right, you've been listening to the Yankee Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. At Coldwell Banker, you're not one of many clients, you're our most important client. We listen to your needs, develop long-lasting relationships, and provide the best services, professional support, and resources in the industry. We are constantly exploring new and innovative ways to elevate your experience and exceed your expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. I want to thank my guests again for coming in tonight. We had Ankeny girls wrestling coach Dustin Rowland, along with freshman wrestler Hayden Bratland. We had Ankeny assistant boys wrestling coach Austin Anderson. And then we had Ankeny Centennial uh, head boys wrestling coach Jay Groth to close it out. Appreciate the time from all those uh, folks uh, tonight. It should be a fun couple of weeks here with uh, the boys district and state uh, tournaments coming up. And come back next week for another edition of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast.